Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? Had to talk about the Oscars in a way, but not really about the Oscars, the people involved, not not that. But I had to talk about the Oscars coming up. Stay tuned. This is the What's the Matter with Me podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is John. I'm 42 year old. I'm 42 years old. Husband, father, small business owner, radio DJ, podcaster, and I have multiple sclerosis, so I started this podcast and I continue it to share what I'm going through. You can go to what's the matter with me.org and the archive is there. It's on Apple Podcasts. Check it out. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Oscars and really kind of what it means to be disabled with a comedian on stage. But I don't want to give too much away, but that's it. Okay, stay tuned. One thing I noticed this week is that you know maybe you have this. I have a smartphone and. In order to keep it away from my kids or to keep it secure, I have a a password on it. And you also can log in with your fingerprint. And I'm always using the wrong finger on the security sign-in. Like it's my, my index finger and my thumb. For some reason, it does either of those but sometimes I'll just hit it with my middle finger or like some other finger just like like my fingerprints all match each other or something what am I thinking why am I using the wrong finger like like oh yeah my my middle finger is descended from my my index finger like my fingerprints match or do they? I don't know. Does any? I'm not an. I'm not a forensic expert, forensic anthropologist. They might match. They might match. I don't really know. What do we know, really? I know one thing. I don't want to download any apps. Like at my kid's school, they're always like, you can download, or like in the baseball league, they're like, download the app, and and I don't want to download any apps. I really don't. Apps apps aren't good, I think. <laughs> I think if, if you put it very simply, logical distillation is apps aren't good. I had, speaking of apps, apps, mains, everything was bad. I had the worst Mexican food. The worst Mexican food. It looked, it had a a classic Mexican restaurant look. And it was here in San Leandro. It's the, I don't want to bag on them because the restaurant is a hard business. So I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to identify them. But we went 
based on looks and you you really got to be careful and one thing about this mexican restaurant it was the worst food on they have almost 300 reviews on yelp and they're solidly three stars and that means half the people give them one star and the other half give them five stars on average i mean they're a solid three stars so check out some of these reviews really made me laugh and made me wish i'd read them before i went there utter garbage we always pass by it i once in my life give it a try biggest mistake doesn't even taste like mexican food Nothing of what we ordered was good. Don't even do it. Anyway, one star reviews. You know, I like Mexican food, you know, and it was terrible. Anyway, but also the way people write one star reviews on the internet, that's also kind of terrible. It was the worst Mexican food should have read the reviews you just can't go to a mexican restaurant in san leandro on looks i'm looking for like a plato type mexican food where i can get like meat or fish and um rice and beans and steamed tortillas and a margarita and salsa that's what i want I had it in San Jose and then the pandemic came and I started making my own margaritas and I made them better than the margaritas at my spot. And so then I kind of ruined my spot because I love to eat Mexican food there. But I suddenly started making better margaritas. I used orange curacao instead of triple sec, but recently, recently I went back to Lord's triple sec, and I'm kind of loving it. The cocktail thing goes on. They're having supply chain. There's uh, there's no white creme de cacao anywhere. Supply chain. I fell. Uh, over the weekend and I hit my head I landed on my butt and then I went back and I hit my head in the parking lot it was scary it hurt hurt kinda I didn't hit my head very bad very hard but come on you hit your head on the pavement it doesn't feel good and I kind of abrased it and I got a lump there that is mostly going away but I my head kind of um, bled like because I had an abrasion and so I had to it just was a real bummer on Sunday I was out out of my chair but I had misplaced my my um, walking stick and I was looking for it and looking around without my stick and I was had nothing to grab onto i lost my balance and hit my head it hurt it it didn't it's not that it hurt it scared the hell out of me because my head was like not bleeding too bad but i scraped it up and 
I was I was done shopping. I had had the whole experience. I was trying to get back into my car, and I made some bad decisions and somehow misplaced my stick. And that's how I can go in like one second. I can end up on my ass and like hit my head. Ow, ow! I'm scared. Okay, that's that. Another thing I'm hitting my head on it's I'm hitting my head on it in a different way. It's a book and I'm reading it. It's called The Dawn of Everything. I joined a book club and I kinda got scammed. My friend is a librarian in Oakland and she's cool and she was like, Join this book club. It has all these cool people. They had a couple of people I knew and some person I didn't know by the name of Ivan or Ivar or something. It's a person I've heard of, but I've never, never met. But I know the other people. They're pretty good. So The Dawn of Everything is a book by David Graeber and David Wengrow. A New History of Humanity is the subtitle. And it's kind of about the period of time that we often refer to as like the hunter-gatherer bands of egalitarian, no social structure. And they're saying, in fact, there is social structure and there's hierarchy. But I joined this book club because I, I, it, it promised to be something I had never heard of a book club to be. See, the reason I avoided, I have avoided book clubs is you have to read the same thing as the book club. You don't just get to read whatever you want, talk about it. You have to read what everyone else is reading. And I, I understood that that was the case in this book club that it was going to be about environmentalism uh, and sustainability and you could read whatever you want on these topics and I was like cool and so I went to the, the library and I got a Gary Snyder book called um, a place in space or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Practice of <laughs> a place in space. It should be called that by Gary Snyder. Moon, moon bro. Gary Snyder. Place in space. Um, it's called Practice of the Wild. And it's like 1993. It's some talks by Gary Snyder. And I, I just wanted to know if like Gary Snyder, who's like an OG environmentalist, Californian, Northern Californian. And in fact, I've read the, the book. I got it from the library. Practice of the Wild. He talks about sustainability i wondered if environmental people have been talking about this since like forever and i think they might have i think they have been trying to get permaculture and sustainability both of which he talks about and anyway i was getting into it and then the librarian told me no 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 we're all reading the same book you have to get the same i'm like Oh, man. 
So we're all reading the same book and I'm in the book club and I got this book, this huge book. It's a tome, a tome, and and it's massive. And the cliff notes to it is like 20 bucks. For a second, I was upset, and I was like, I'm going to read the the summary of this book, which is like 100 pages. You know a book is huge when the summary is 100 pages. That's a summary. That's the Cliff's Notes. So, of course, I was, like, upset that I had to read the same thing, so I immediately, I'm like, hmm, a summary. And then the librarian laughed laughed at me about that and I I was like man that Mexican restaurant and now I remember one of the reviews it was like my my food was garnished with some sliced old onions and shriveled olives sliced old onions and shriveled olive I could see that when they're like plating it the chef is like can anyone get me some sliced old onions where are the old onions the old ones and then then it's like um, these olives aren't shriveled enough man chef somebody get the shriveler Uh, anyhow um, Dawn of Everything. It's a massive book. It's like $30 on Amazon. It's a too big of a book. Anyhow, I'm reading it and it's all about prehistoric civilization and I'm starting to get into it. And I'm reading the same thing as everyone else. I'm in a book club. The Dawn of Everything. It's a massive tome. It's like a reference book. I I first joined a book club and they're all they're all professional librarian types reading book club and they're reading a reference book. I'm like, that's not I thought we're supposed to read like our favorite not we can read the Joy Luck Club together. Isn't that what people do it has the word club in the title of the book it makes sense isn't oprah gonna tell us what to read i don't want to do that anyway i'll read this dawn of everything it seems to be like pressing the case of we had fifty thousand years of society that wasn't formed of inequality the introduction, the first hundred pages, a lot of it is been about what's called the indigenous critique, enunciated by this guy Kendia Ronk, who is a Wendat Nation philosopher. He's a Native American from Canada, and he becomes like a statesman. He says this thing, the indigenous critique. And he's kind of like saying, why do you guys all believe in this king? And and there's a stratification of society and you all have to do all this stuff. And sure, you have more like goods and things, but you also are like slaves. You're, You're a society of fractious slaves. 
which is pretty much right on the money. The guys on the money were all slaves. That's the indigenous critique because, you know, we're like, well, don't you want to be civilized like us? And they're like, yeah, but you guys are all slaves and you're all stealing from each other and your society is kind of hell. Okay, well, our society is kind of hell. This Oscars thing. I want to talk about what happened. I I thought about it. I was talking to my wife and I thought about it like a comedy club. Because my wife asked me, how would you feel if you went to a comedy club and like someone started insulting you for having MS? And alopecia and like how how that affects self-esteem and in that particular disorder. And I know that people have self-esteem and it's painful and, you know, disability of, of any sort or, you know, there's lots of painful things. And I don't want to minimize it. Um, but I used to go to a comedy club, like most recently, the one I went to was called Creek in the Cave. It's in Long Island City. It shut down during the pandemic. So I would, it, it was there for 14 years in, in like 2008, 2009, I would go there they had open mic comedy and they had like three shows I want to say like they had uh, something at five in the basement of the creek in the cave and then they moved upstairs and then they had a second show upstairs and it was all free and you could watch people that had like comedy notebooks and they would literally like read out of them. It was almost a non-show. Um, and you kind of, but sometimes it'd be funny and it was I liked it because it was raw. Like it was people reading out of their joke books and like scribbling and going back and forth and kind of, you know, impersonating balloons, deflating that guy was good he had a good impersonation of a deflating plastic balloon that's a hard impersonation but he he was really good at making that kind of squeaking bladder sound so it was like that right and i would just sit i would go there i in the basement i would often it was like in the dark it was pretty weird and the comedians would get up and there was little light and they would kind of go through their thing. Then we'd go upstairs and it was more like we were in a bar. I think I was like one of a, a handful of spectators at most. But I liked it. They were kids. They were, they were just like little kids in New York City trying to make it in comedy. And sometimes it was funny. And then there was like an old guy around there to be like an old barnacle comedian from Queens. He was in Queens. It was good. 
So I would sit right in front of the stage, kind of where the at the Oscars, where where Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith would have been. I would sit right in the middle, right in front, and they would talk to me. And I was less disabled then, so they weren't like, "Hey," you know. But they they would say rude things to me about other that that was before I was visibly disabled so they wouldn't make fun of me for that they wouldn't make fun of me for other things and just treat me like an idiot it was fun I liked being in the front like every comedian because it was they would want to work on their crowd crowd work you know and so i would be there because there was no one else there everyone else was comedians and there were like three other people and they were not paying attention i was watching this show it was it was kind of hard to watch yeah but i that i liked it and they would all you you know every person who wanted to do crowd work there was no other crowd. And so they would talk to me and I enjoyed it. But I can imagine that if they were saying something that was hurtful to me, it would be hurtful, right? But I kind of felt like, and I feel like now, I feel like entering into that space there's a tacit understanding like the comedians are doing comedy you may be called upon to be to get told you're an idiot and everyone laugh at you and it might not work and it might you know whatever it's just it's part of comedy. It's a thousand year old routine. And I don't think Chris Rock's joke was very funny at all. But I don't I don't think it was wrong. I kind of think it was what you're supposed to do. It's a hard job making people laugh and you you kind of just are trying and you have to like give him credit for that. He didn't write that joke to like hurt someone. So anyway, I I was talking with my wife and she was like, you know, alopecia can be very demoralizing, upsetting. And, you know, and I, I just thought, yeah, but you can't be at a comedy show. Like, at a comedy show, the comedian gets to say whatever. It's called letting off steam. And it's a thousands of year old ritual in our society. And if you, if I went to a comedy show, just like in Queens, I would expect them to be like, hey, you. They would say something funny about how I'm disabled. Or they would try to because we're letting off steam together. I don't I I think Chris Rock I don't I don't really know what's up with Will Smith, but I do know Chris Rock is a comedian. The people who sit in the front at the comedy show are getting called on when it's time to do crowd work and like they do crowd work and 
if there's some off-limits stuff, you shouldn't be there. Because nothing is off-limits in a comedy show. It's called Letting Off Steam. Nothing is off-limits. So we disagreed about that. And I might disagree with you. And I hope you can let me know. Can uh, You can write me an email. Write me an email. J-O-H-N at hopinworld.com. J-O-H-N at H-O-P-P-I-N-W-O-R-L-D.com. Let me know what you think about it. Because I think when you're in the comedy zone, even if it's Oscars, they're comedians doing their comedy thing. They have skits. There's musicians doing their music thing, but comedians are doing comedy. And the social contract is if you enter into that space, like nothing is off limits. And no, there's no king. That's the point of Dawn of Everything. The native critique is like saying, I don't, I don't have to bow before a king. Yeah, sure, I don't have like gold and guns and ships and stuff, but I also am equal. I don't have to bow before anyone. I had the worst Mexican food. The worst Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I love it. I love Mexican food in America. I love Mexican food in Mexico. I love Mexican food that made at home by Mexicans. This was the worst Mexican food. I don't want to download the app for anything. For any reason. Because the thing is, they're all like, we do all our communicating in the app. And then they you join the app, you get the communication that way. But then they also email you. They're, they're just not even... I don't want to download any apps. I always use the wrong finger on the security sign-in, like my fingerprints all match each other. And it makes sense, they come out of the same hand. I fell and hit my head. We're all equal in comedy. We're all just trying to get by. It's What's the Matter With Me podcast. Check it out past episodes at What's the Matter With Me find it on apple podcast wherever you find podcasts that's where it's at yeah thanks for tuning in i'll catch you next time